What is going on, everybody? Welcome to it. We are back. It is Dog Talk with your host, Holden. Hope everybody is doing good at whatever time you guys are being able to come in and check the show here. You guys, make sure to go over to Twitter if you haven't already. Most of you guys probably have at this point. I've seen quite a lot of people actually coming through uh, on the follow train as far as Twitter goes, but put it up on the screen for you guys on YouTube. If you guys don't mind, follow me on Twitter, at DogTalk20. I'd appreciate that. Glad to have you guys here this evening. We got plenty to jump into getting prepared for South Carolina coming up this upcoming weekend. Uh, playing Saturday, obviously, at 7 o'clock. Get a night game there at ESPN. Uh, also at the house. Always a lot better when you get to play at home and a night game, get to see the light show and all that fun stuff. Really looking forward to that because that's obviously just going to be a good time uh, in general. You guys, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure you rate and review it on YouTube. Uh, hit that subscribe button. I would appreciate it. And you guys go also and check out the website at dogtalkpod.com. Spelled like it's supposed to, D-A-W-G, talkpod.com. I would appreciate that. But let's basically jump right into it. Got a little bit of news we're going to hit right here off the top. Uh, and once we get through it, it's pretty much going to be gearing up to getting into some conversations about South Carolina. Again, that's just the bulk of the conversation. Starting off in the news, Georgia does remain ranked in that number two spot. I'll get that pulled up for you guys on the screen real quick so that way you'll be able to see that. Uh, but again, Georgia does come in ranked at that two spot. Some of the big controversy that's kind of come out here in the last, I guess it's just been really just the last couple of days, uh, and that is that Stetson Bennett is in the process of battling kind of a, I guess a back strain is what, it seems like Kirby Smart said about it. There you go on the screen. You'll have the schedule and everything on there. It's battling a bit of a back strain. Saw something funny on Twitter. Agreed with it, and I almost said it myself. Uh, but the, this guy on Twitter actually posted it before I could say anything. Yes, because he threw all those bombs last week. Threw so many bombs that, hey, threw his back out. You know, you got to give the kid some ice. Put an ice pack on it and give him a week off, right? Uh, well, we're probably going to need him coming up this weekend. Um, read a little bit about what Kirby Smart said. On JT, in his situation at least, he said he's that JT's actually feeling much better. It's continuing to improve, uh, and he thinks he's even better now than he was on Saturday, which I know they said Saturday he was probably the best he had been all week last week. Again, you don't you don't really get all that information like 100%. I don't want to say truthful from Kirby, but you're not going to get every bit of detail that you need or that you want, I guess, is, is the best way to really – uh, interpret that so but it sounds like JT's getting pretty close uh, Stetson you know he's repping and that's when they talked about the lower back issues that were in there as well uh, so neither of them are necessarily 100% Carson's also getting reps as well so that's a good thing did say that Carson is at least the only quarterback at this point maybe other than Brock he didn't really say much on him uh, that is 100% as far as like what we dealt with last week um, I said it and I put it on Twitter a few days back, probably on Monday or Tuesday, I think it may have been before this news actually dropped, and that was, no, it was actually the day that that news dropped. That was that I fully expect Stetson to be the starter in this one. A couple of reasons. One, if JT is, you know, still battling that oblique, and I put this up too, if you're battling that oblique, the best thing for it is is rest. You know, take a break. Let's rest a little while. Get that side or, or back wherever, wherever, I, be honest with you, I don't know exactly where an oblique is. I always feel like it's right there on your side, but I could be 100% wrong about that and, and look pretty stupid right now, but that's okay. Uh, but battling that, the biggest thing and the best thing for it is just rest, and we can give that to them, especially the way that Stetson looked last week against UAB. Should not be a problem at all to be able to let him come in and continue to get those reps and continue to uh, push forward with the team. But now that Stetson's kind of battling some of that as well, makes it a little bit tougher. We're going to get into it a little bit. I have a feeling after reading about it, I don't I, – I have some reservation about Carson Beck just because of the limited amount we did see him last week. And in those limited amount of times we saw him, wasn't all that great, wasn't all that flashy. Uh, I heard a little bit of a rumor around – practice this week that, that Carson uh, practiced maybe it was Tuesday Tuesday or Wednesday wasn't all that great so maybe maybe something to think about I, I'm not 100% on that but 
again, all, all this is in the end just opinion, you know, because we're not right there on the field and practicing with them and in the coach's head. So at the end of the day, they, they know what they're talking about and what they're doing and what they got to deal with, not us, luckily. Hey, am I all right with that? Let them handle that. But I got a feeling we're still going to see all three. I think JT's going to come in and play a little bit just to get some reps, continue that, that repetition and, and keeping that repertoire with the players that are around him. And then Stetson, I think probably the same. I feel like he may get the bulk unless Beck can come in and have a night similar to how Stetson had against UAB. And that's possible. I know some guys were saying that it didn't matter if Beck was in there, Stetson or JT, that all three of those guys would have done the same thing against UAB with everything that was dialed up. There was one play that was actually really cool. You can go back and watch the video of the Stetson Bennett touchdown pass, I think, to Arian Smith that before, basically before the pass was even out of Stetson's hand, JT has his arms up on the sideline. Uh, kind of a callback to Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss last year. I think it was last year, maybe in the year before. Hard to, hard to remember now with, with everything going on last year. But he, he kind of called it before it ever came out. Kind of neat. So leads you to believe that, you know, this could have been a situation where whoever was in there at that starting position could have had the same success. I know I think I heard Kirby was doing like a 2-1, two, 2-1 one, two, one situation where, you know, you get two drives there with Stetson, one with Beck. Two drives there with Stetson, one with Beck. And each drive that Stetson was in, you got a touchdown pass out of it. The drives that Beck was in, we had stalled drives. So something to think about there. We're going to see, obviously, it's going to be kind of the same situation as this past Saturday. We don't really know exactly what to look for. But the good thing is, at this point, we should be pretty excited that if it is Stetson that comes in, you know, not to really have any kind of concern because Stetson, we have learned, he can come in and get the job done. Uh, there may or, may or may not still be doubters on him. You know, it is what it is. I believe in him now. Put an article up about him. You go, you guys go check out the website, dogtalkpod.com, and you can check that out. Uh, but then the other kind of injury side of things was Arian Smith, and, and Kirby actually spoke a little bit about that, talking about the wide receivers uh, also, I believe, yeah, him and her, him and Jermaine. He said he's not 100%. Got a little dinged up in that UAB game, uh, but it's just a bruise, so they're going to be pushing through it um, to be able to do things to make sure that he's healthy coming into this game. That's always a good thing, you know, especially just because of how injured we are in so many positions right now between wide receiver, tight end, offensive line. And most of our injuries are coming on that offensive side of the ball. Did get an update on uh, – Darnell Washington, as well as Taki Smith, both of them are out of their boot. They are out of their boot uh, from last week, so that's a good thing. Not going to be playing in this game. Probably won't be playing in the Vandy game next week, maybe. Maybe they maybe they get to that point where they're in a situation where they're able to come back and get limited reps in the Vandy game to kind of get prepared for that Arkansas game that's coming up after that. Luckily, that'll be at home, but that's still, at this point, is turning around to be a much bigger game than we anticipated. I actually need to go in and update uh, those rankings because I don't have the ranking on there next to Arkansas because Arkansas is now ranked. I think they're ranked like 20th. Auburn, I think they may still be – they may be like 22nd, something like that. They may have moved up a little bit. But that's something, you know, I'll fix that in due time. But we've got a couple of weeks before we really dive into part of the schedule that's going to start to get a little difficult. One thing I do like is preseason, you know, Georgia had – a schedule that lined up, you know, most people are like, oh, it's, it's a breeze. should be a breeze for Georgia. I still think that there's a possibility of that, but it just got a little bit harder with some of these uh, other teams that are coming in that are now going to be ranked, that weren't ranked preseason or, you know, weren't even ranked last week. Possibility of not even being in any kind of voting to be ranked. You know, Arkansas, they flew up the chart after taking down Texas, which was awesome. Uh, but also understandable, you know, if, if they consider Texas to be a top 15 team and you come in and beat them, you got every right to, you know, have that argument of I deserve to be in the top 25. So good for them. Some of the other injuries, you know, just the normal stuff that we've talked about. Kiaris, I did read a little bit about him as well. And he's, you know, slowly but surely starting to get back. Dominique Blaylock, unfortunately, he he was building that confidence, which was his biggest thing at this point. He's actually more, Kirby said, to the point where he can cut a little bit more. Now he's battling a little bit of a hamstring injury, which he said is very normal. It's a very normal thing to happen uh, in these kind of injuries. You know, after you're tearing that ACL um, in the knee, 
is then being able to turn around and once you do start putting that weight back on your cut leg and everything, it, it happens where that hamstring, you know, a muscle that hadn't been used all that much lately because you've been working so much on rehabbing that knee to where all of a sudden that hamstring is picking up a lot more stress, I guess is a word to use there. Uh, so he's kind of battling a little bit of that now. So, But it sounds like we may see this week Kieris actually get in in the wide receiver position a little bit, which I would be excited to see. Not that I don't have faith in the guys that we got in there because this past week surely proved that between Brock Bowers lighting the world on fire, Jermaine Burton, he looked pretty good in that as well, Arian Smith, even A.D. Mitchell coming in, uh, Lad McConkey. I mean, you got guys there, which is a good thing. And we'll get to some of the questions later on in the episode, but that was a little bit of, you know, it's been a question. First of all, before we played last week, the question was, can this offense get going? That was emphatically answered yes uh, after the big win over UAB. Now the question is, can we keep it going? Can we get the run game going? Because the run game has been almost obsolete the last couple of weeks. We've gotten over 100 yards in both of those games, but hadn't necessarily been pretty. The fourth quarter against Clemson is the only reason we got as far up on that line as we did. Uh, And then... You know, last week I just – I really expected – we aired it out, looked good. I was glad to see that. But I also expected us to be able to run the ball when we wanted to as well. And, unfortunately, that didn't happen. So, there are still questions there. I know that O-line is battling a lot of, a lot of injury and having to figure things out, the ins and outs of where we're putting guys, where we're moving guys, how things are working with this guy, that guy. Just getting that experience in there. Good thing is, you know, you open up South Carolina and Vandy. When it comes to opening a SEC schedule, especially out of the SEC East this year, you couldn't really ask for better than that, opening with a South Carolina and Vandy. Vandy, not good, probably one of the worst teams in the country this year. South Carolina, a lot of rebuild having to happen right there. Shane Beamer, he's got his hands full over there in in South Carolina. So, again, couple of good teams to have to go against before you really start to dive into a couple of harder games uh, right there in the heart of the season. So that's most of the news I think that I have. I know I'd already announced it last week that they had put up that uh, the Missouri game, I think November 9th, if I remember correctly. November 6th, excuse me. Uh, they'll be honoring Mark Rick, at half t- Mark Rick there at halftime of that game. So something to look forward to if you guys are planning on going to that one or not. Mark. Let's jump down to uh, the breakdown of the game on Saturday versus South Carolina. We've already talked a good bit about uh, the quarterback room and what we're gonna what we're gonna see from it. In my opinion, I've got a feeling, like I just said a minute ago, Stetson more than likely is gonna get the start. But I, I'll be honest with you, at this point, I'm not sure. It makes me curious that on Monday, you know, tweaking that back like he did, and JT felt better on Saturday, and this is a very true point. If Saturday had been a game that really mattered, say we were playing in Auburn at Florida, uh, Kentucky, in that situation, and it's like, all right, we got to win this game, there is the possibility that JT more than likely probably could have came into that game and and played if he had to because the week prior, he wasn't all that ready or comfortable throwing the ball and, and, and everything else. And, and Kirby even said that. He said Saturday was probably the most comfortable he was and the best that he had felt all week long. And if it was a situation where he had to be a go, go. But guess what? We didn't have to. We were able to rest him, which is a good thing. Um, and it seems like he's been doing better and better, getting closer and closer. I don't think that he gets 100% of the reps in this game against South Carolina this weekend, which he doesn't need to, you know. I think he can get you know limited reps, have have a maybe a couple of drives here and there, uh, and then and then same thing, kind of just rest throughout the week, maybe a couple of drives, maybe a couple extra next week just to kind of get back in the groove before we get uh, ready for Arkansas. And I know you're not supposed to look forward. I know you're supposed to look right here at this game. But guess what? We're going to leave that up to Kirby Smart and the coaches there at Georgia. We're gonna we're gonna look forward because I've got a schedule right here and I can look forward. I don't have to go on the field and prove myself this week. All I've got to do is look at art. This is what we look like this week. We'll find out how we look next week. But what does it look like for us? And at least our opinion on what it's gonna look like and what our opinion on maybe how sh- how things should go. Again, it ain't up to us. We just talk about it and it's just fun to talk about it, right? So uh, if it was up to me though maybe a couple of drives just to continue 
getting reps with the guys this week. Next week, same thing. A few, maybe a couple of extra drives. And then by the time we get to Arkansas, we need them full tilt. Like Kirby said, uh, start of the season, they're going full tilt. So something to look at there. But I think JT may get a few. Stetson, he may get a few. This may be more of a Carson Beck uh, kind of game than, than last week was, where Carson's getting more of those you know, drives than Stetson or JT. Just because both of those guys being a little banged up, you know, you want to get them back. You know, rehab whatever it is that they're dealing with and prepare them for moving forward. So some of the other stuff, it's been a lot of conversation. This has to deal with O-line, running backs, all in general. Is is Our run game is almost obsolete at this point. Again, we have ran for yardage. I think we put up maybe 130 yards against Clemson and then 180-something, I think, against UAB. May not be perfect on that. Somewhere in there, I know above 100 and below 200 in both of those games. Again, a game in UAB that I thought we might put up 200 or more. As far as running backs go, we've got the guys. We've got the horses. I mean, Zamir White can run over anybody. Kendall Milton, he, he to me, is somebody that can run over somebody, but he's also somebody to me that I feel like could be real jukey. I think he can make people miss and break tackles. Uh, and then you get James Cook. James Cook, to me, is more of one of those guys. He's got good hands being one of those wide – or not really a wide receiver, but being a running back who can actually slide out like that and take little shovel passes or take little uh, screen passes off the side, a bubble screen off the side as well. That's more of the role that I see James Cook in this year. And, and to me, I feel like he's a good runner. He just – something – is not quite, I don't know, something's a little different about him. I feel like he's really fast. It just, he doesn't have the opportunity as much as maybe is what it is. Again, we've got a loaded room. Uh, then you got Dejon Edwards that we saw last week. I think he's going to be a workhorse uh, coming up next year and the year following if he can stick around. Again, it's just such a deep room. So, But running backs, we got the guys. We got the guys. They can go in there and they can do it and they can run all up and down the field. But you've got to have a hole to go through. Right now, that O-line has got to do a really good job at being able to create holes, create room for these running backs to run. Because if we're bouncing it to the outside every time, hey, if we're getting eight or nine yards on it every time, then you just keep rolling with it until they don't, and then eventually you're going to find a gap in the middle. So it's eventually, inevitably, going to open up somewhere uh, because somebody's going to make a mistake or the play – at hand is just going to give that to you. It's just the way that that usually works out. So I really do hope that that gets go in this game. Not that I don't love to see the air game, but you cannot be one-dimensional. Eventually you have to be able to do either, especially in a game where you should outmatch those guys on that defensive line. You know, our O-line should be able to match up against and create those holes and, and create that opportunity for running backs to get a lot of yards. Because if we can't do it against Clemson is one thing. That, that's, a, that's a great front front D-line right there. That front four of, of Clemson is probably the second best in the country right behind Georgia's. UAB, though, again, don't want to discredit their defense. they got a pretty good defense. Run defense, evidently, because we, could, we couldn't put up nearly as much as I anticipated. I anticipated us putting up 250 yards on the ground last week, and that didn't happen. We put up a heat load through the air more than I would have expected to, but, you know, I guess you, it's kind of a give-and-take game there. So I want to see that O-line, you know, start to work and, and, and make some holes there for our running backs because I'm just ready for that part of the game to open up because I feel like if we can continue with the air game and we're, and we're doing good through the air raid like we did last week and we can start to get the ball rolling on the ground too because defense – that's, that's most everybody's least of their worries right now is, is Georgia's defense. There is still some some question on the back end of that secondary of Georgia, but so far nobody's tested that. And the people that have, they've not been successful. So the people, Clemson, UAB, only two games that they've been so far. So something to keep an eye on there. One other big question that is not really being asked I haven't heard a lot of people talking about it, and that's that's jackpot. I don't know what's going on in our kicking game right now. I saw this on Twitter. It was kind of funny. It was, hey, if if you ain't got a kicker, you know, you're right up there with old Alabama, you know. Alabama hadn't had a good kicker in years. They finally got one now in Reinhardt, I guess, for the last couple of years. So good for them. But 
Georgia has been so used to having a good kicker for the past five years that I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of weird to see a guy get in there and, and shank a couple of here and there. So I really hope that he starts to pick it up and understand that his role is pivotal and it does matter. Because if if he's kicking and making a couple of these fields, especially the Clemson game, I mean that's what missed two I think in that one, one or two, and and that's that's six points there. That, you're talking about a 16 to three win over a 10 to three. Just looks a little better, feels a little better, a lot more comfortable in the offense to not have to, you know, go down and drive even harder to score, you know, especially going against a defense like Clemson. UAB, I think he misses one. So I don't know. He, he, I'm hoping he can get it figured out here in the next couple of weeks because we could get in a situation where we've these field goals matter. Some games last week, it didn't matter. Clemson, it mattered. We got lucky in that situation. I say lucky. We're, we're a good team. Defense, you know, they came through in the clutch all night long for us. So, But I'd like to see him get – uh, get back on track, you know, back to that Cincinnati win uh, in the Peach Bowl last year. So if we can get him back there, I think we're in a good position. Um, one question that I saw was, and I hope that this happens defensively, let's talk a little bit about defense. Can the defense pitch a shutout? You know, maybe that's not something to necessarily talk about, but I think they can. I do not think that South Carolina's offense is going to be that potent. I'll look at some numbers here. I got some numbers. Uh, that I've been looking at coming into this thing. Against Eastern Illinois, through the air, South Carolina put up 185 yards, four touchdowns. That was all through there. Zeb Nolan. And he p- played both of these games. Uh, on the ground, they put up 258 yards. So they ran all over Eastern Illinois, won 50, 46 to nothing. And they should do that, you know. It's, it's Eastern Illinois. Then they play East Carolina – Put up 214 yards through the air, one touchdown. 111 on the ground, no touchdowns. Squeaking that one out, 20 to 17. South Carolina's offense is not an offense that's going to beat you. That front line of South Carolina is not good. The I was looking at some stats earlier. The rush block or the the pass blocking for South Carolina ranks one of the worst in the country. Let's just look here. Let's look at some some rankings here. So, South Carolina's offense, yards per game, 325, ranks like 97th. Points per game, 20, ranks like 91st. Points per play, ranks 82nd. Yards per play, five yards per play, ranks 83rd. Check this out. Third down conversion ranks 127th. That's almost dead last. Fourth down, they hadn't gone for anything. And then defensively, I mean, still not not that much better defensively. They're good on third down defensively. They're good as far as yards per play defensively as well as yards per game. But, again, that's that's against two teams in an Eastern Carolina, East Carolina that they almost lost and then and Eastern Illinois. It's not Georgia. It's not Georgia's offense who can come in there and hopefully light the, gra- light the ground game up. And also – Throw it right over the top on you. Evidently, you know, like last week, we saw that. Rushing the ball. Yeah, they, they've so far rushed offensively seven or 369 total yards. Probably more than Georgia, actually. Through the air, 400 yards. They've averaged through these two games, not averaged, but totaled 768 offensive yards in these two games. Defensively. Again, they look pretty good. A couple of pick sixes kind of help them out on that. Uh, but they held Eastern Carolina, East Carolina, excuse me, to 152 yards passing, 111 yards on the ground. And then the opposite side of that, they held Eastern Illinois to 78 yards in the air and 31 on the ground. Did really well defensively against them. So that kind of pads some of those stats. But the biggest takeaway in that was that offensive pass blocking is not good. Georgia should be able to run through that line anytime and anytime, anytime and every time that they want to. One of the questions was last week, and I spoke a little bit about it, was I, I believe that Luke Doty was going to come in and actually be quarterback. Turns out Zeb Nolan, he's still got the bulk of the carries in this. Just a thought. If Luke Doty comes in and is the quarterback for South Carolina, first of all, it's not going to matter who's the quarterback for South Carolina to Georgia. Georgia's game plan all week long is going to be 
get in the backfield. Let's wreak havoc. We're busting through the O-line, getting to the quarterback, running back, whatever the situation is. Take the run away. Defense on the back end, they're going to they're gonna cover you. We're good. If I am Shane Beamer, Zeb Nolan is the starter against Georgia. Some people are going to say, no, you put Luke Doty in there. You put, you put the guy who who was supposed to be your starter at the beginning of the season. Let him go in there and, and try to win this game. Do you want him for the rest of the season? Or do you want him to try to beat Georgia? That more than likely is not going to happen coming in as a 30-and-a-half point underdog in this game in Sanford Stadium. If it's me, again, if I'm Shane Beamer, I'm keeping Zeb in there. I'm keeping him in there. Two reasons. One, he's already started, you know, let him let him roll through this one. If you want to get Luke in there, maybe try it next week. I think you got a little bit of easier competition. Well, not really. Kentucky should be better. You get Troy after that. Don't don't sleep on Troy. Troy can come up and beat you too. Trust me, I've seen it. I watched him do it against uh, LSU a few years back, which was awesome. But Georgia's maybe, maybe not the best game to bring in a quarterback who's been injured because he's going to get sat on his butt a few times in this game. That's, that's all there is to it. So maybe keep Zeb in there because, again, I, I just feel like if you put an injured quarterback in there, even though you may think he's ready for it, he's going to get rocked in this game a few times. You know, he, your starter, he may just have to be your backup because there's, there's a good chance he's going to have to come in one way or another anyways because them dogs, they're going to pin the ears back. And, and I look forward to – uh, the dogs getting back on that probably four to five range as far as sacks in this game because I'd love to see it, and i got a feeling that's going to happen because I do not think South Carolina's offensive line is all that great. Their defense, a little bit better. Like I said, they're, they're not perfect. Again, this is also the two games that we have to compare it to are teams that they should have blown out, one that they did, one that they didn't, one that they struggled with, and, and it took a field goal to win that game. Georgia, proven against Clemson, proven. Clemson proved last week that their offense is pretty elite, Georgia proved last week their offense came alive. Both teams' defense have yet to allow an offensive touchdown against that defense. Georgia, still a crazy stat, two touchdowns defensively, zero touchdowns against the defense. Some people are going to say, hold on, they scored a touchdown last week. No, 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 no. That's a pick six on our offense. Ain't got squat to do with our defense, so don't, don't come at me with that. Just a crazy stat there. So the other side of it is, South Carolina's coming off of a game that they struggled, struggled mightily. You start the season in a big game and you win 46 to nothing. You come out there, you're fired up. You're like, all right, we may be on to something this year. And then you turn around against East Carolina, even though you were there, and I know Shane Beamer said it's a pretty good atmosphere. It is, but you're about to come to Sanford Stadium at 7 o'clock at night. The lights are going to be shining. You talk about probably a, a packed crowd in there. Probably all 92,000 is going to be in there. A light show, I mean, it's. I'm fired up about it. I don't care if South Carolina's fired up about it or not. They're about to come into a situation right here that is going to be much, much more difficult than they saw at any point in the game against East Carolina last week. So there is a strong possibility that Georgia's defense can shut out South Carolina. The question is, can Carson Beck throw a touchdown pass to Georgia instead of South Carolina? Because if he can do that, we may keep him off the board. And I know that's a shot at him, and I'm I'm just cutting up. But it's about the only reason uh, it's about the only way they should score. I gave it, you know, I I did my prediction in it. I'll tell you that I, I put him up. I kept going back and forth. I was like, I I don't know. I kind of feel like our, you know. Our run game hadn't got going yet, so we're going to rely heavily on the pass game. I feel like our run game's going to come alive. So when I first started looking at it, I was like, all right, I could see like a maybe like a 38 to 38-3, to 38-6. Kind of went back and forth. And I was like, you know what? Jack Pod's going to get it back together. Because I think what's going to happen in this game is Georgia's going to score a lot. I feel like the offense should continue to roll where it was last week. Maybe not quite as much through the air, but I feel like the the ground game hopefully is going to come alive in this one. And then I thought, okay, what's going to happen is we're going to have a couple of drives. You know, you might get back in there, and he he puts it downfield. Maybe maybe makes a mistake here. It gives them the opportunity at a field goal. Maybe we get beat one play through the whole game deep somewhere on just a fluke play where 
you know, late in the game, we've got third string guys in, and they get far enough downfield, but we stop them from scoring outside of a field goal. So that's why I give them the six. Okay, we give them some field position, and then later in the game, you know, they might find a little bit further. But then offensively, I went back and forth again, and I was like, I, I want a couple field goals from my guy. Let it, let him redeem himself for the start of the season. Kind of get back on pace. We we drive downfield and things kind of stall. You know, get a little ugly, and and we have to settle for a couple of field goals. Listen, I ended on it forty-one to six. That's still a good win, especially in the in, starting the SEC slate here, where we're about to roll through it. Forty-one to six, not a bad game. You know, I think we won last week or last year. What forty-five sixteen? So not all that great of a team last year either. But something to think about. That's that's my prediction on it 41 to 6 so we'll see how it turns out um but i'm looking forward to it i I hope that the offense can continue where we were last week i hope we can continue to be potent in the air again i just hope that the ground game picks up and goes we're going to go through some polls that i went through here in just a little while uh after we go through some of the other games there's some big games around the rest of the country that we're looking forward to we'll talk a little bit about those but defense Defense, defense. I, I'm as proud and, and as excited as I think I've ever been about Georgia's defense because since that 2017 season, I hadn't seen anything like this. And this season may be even better than that season. We've got a little ways to go to see if we're really there. We've obviously started on a high note for sure. Um, and I don't think – I think I was reading a stat earlier. I don't think I saved it. But I don't think there's any team in the country through three games or three maybe like the tying – maybe it's the tiebreaker there, is how long a team has gone without allowing an offensive touchdown against their defense. Something to watch there that I'm kind of excited about. Let's see. Zeb Nolan, he's so-so. Right now he's less than 60% on his accuracy rating through two games, 335 yards, five touchdowns, one interception. Juju McDowell leads the rushing category, 117 yards. No touchdowns. They only have one touchdown on the ground. That's Zaquandra Wright, White, excuse me, 136 yards. He's actually the leader in that. Actually, I think he may be your receiver, leading receiver too. Nah, no. Nah. Anyway, a couple of guys to look out for there. Kingsley there on defense. He'll be a big one to watch out for. Their main guy there is Brad Johnson, 12 total t- uh, tackles. Cam Smith, he's another one to watch out for there on defense for them. But – I'm looking forward to this game. I think offensively, I, I'm excited to see what Brock Bowers can continue to do. That tight end, I mean, we come into this season and, and all the talk is about Darnell Washington. You know, you got John Fitzpatrick back there as well. And then yeah, a little bit of conversation about, about Brock Bowers, excuse me. But a lot of that was, okay, he's, you know, he's a freshman. He's, he's going to be a beast when he gets his chance. Well, hey, he got his chance early, and he has led for the past two weeks he has led Georgia in the category uh, for receiving yards. So that's just an extremely exciting thing for him, for us. It's great to know that we actually ended up with a guy there in tight end still who ended up being in such a great position. I mean, let's look at him here. Oh, let me go back up here. Sorry. Yeah, 150 yards, two touchdowns. He's going to have more touchdowns in this game when the time comes. Uh, but I'm excited for him. Right behind him, Jermaine Burton, two of the guys that I think are going to have pretty big nights. I also feel like A.D. Mitchell, he might be able to come up in this one as well uh, and make some things happen. We saw Jalen Johnson get a little bit of action last week as well. Justin Robinson, he got his first touchdown last week as well on a 12-yard touchdown pass. Marcus St. Rosemary, I want to say, or uh, excuse me. Uh, yeah, that was all right. I want to see him come in and, and get a touchdown in this game as well especially to redeem off that last touchdown against Florida last week last year uh, when he had that big injury and obviously went out. Lab McConkey, he looked pretty good last week. I, I'm, Arian Smith, that dude is fast. And I want to know, did you guys see that tweet? Whatever it was, I, I, there was a graphic that came out on uh, the top running speeds in the country last, last week, and Brock Bowers came in second in that. Dude was flying on that pass on the right sideline there. What he had like an 81-yard touchdown. I never realized he was that fast, especially as a tight end. You know, most tight ends aren't nearly that fast. We're used to like an Isaiah Nada. They was in there, and how I many he 
he'd run you over, but he, he wasn't a speed demon or anything like that. So I'd like to see maybe a chart on an Arian Smith in there. That would be fun to see. If he can catch one in, in space and, and take off, he would be one that I'd like to I'd like to see if they can get that same rating on and see where he rates uh, with the other guys up there. Uh, defensively, Lewis Seen, I, I expect him to have a big night uh, coming up. N'Kobe Dean as well. Channing Tindall, he's continued to look really well. Um, I'm looking forward to getting Tyke back. I know we've got probably a couple of weeks before we get him. Same with Darnell Washington. Looking forward to getting these guys back in uh, because I tweeted this, and, and I fully agree and believe with this. If Georgia, defensively, I don't, again, I just don't have worries about that defense. I have some questions, again, this isn't necessarily a worry, but it's just a question. Hey, are we really that good on the back end, on that secondary of the defense? Are we? It's a question I have. You guys feel free to answer me. Are we really that good? And we may not get that answer until we're tested in a game where somebody is willing to try to put the ball deep against us and, and have those matchups man on man and, and see who can go up and get it. That may be when we get the test to find out, all right, let's see just how big. Because there were a couple of times in that Clemson game where I got a little nervous. There was one pass where it went for chunk yardage, and we very well could have giving up a touchdown there luckily we didn't got, got kind of lucky on that but that's the only question i have on defense can that secondary hold up in a game where we get tested back there you get against an alabama again they're not on the schedule so i don't have to talk to, about it too much right now but you get in a game like that they're going to test you deep and that will be it may take all the way until there before we get the answer to that question but i will not be surprised if Arkansas tries it, Auburn, I think, I know they will. Kentucky, they're going to try that. Florida, you know they're going to try it. So you're going to get a few tests in this, but we'll get that answer. We'll get that question of mine at least answered when that time comes. Offensively, and this is what I tweeted. I'll, I'll, all that to go all the way around, all the way around here. If Georgia can get that offense healthy, I don't think there's anybody in this country who will keep up with Georgia. And I don't mean that as a sense of Georgia's going to go out and put up 450 yards against anybody. I, I do think that that's definitely a possibility. But if Georgia's offense gets healthy, the team as a whole, I do not think anybody can keep up with. I think all the 1980 conversation will go away at the end of 2021 if Georgia's offense can get healthy because we're going to score, we're going to score a lot, and that defense is going to choke teams out. And I fully believe, sitting here, we've got three months to the end of the season. I fully believe that Georgia can win the national championship in 2021. You didn't hear it first here. I'm sure you've heard other people say it, but I do fully believe that. I do also believe that it's going to take this offense getting a little bit more healthy before that can happen uh, because we do still have a situation yeah, – you get in, a, in another dog fight like Clemson, something's going to have to break our way, just like that pick six that Chris Smith had in that game. Something will have to break our way to be able to win that game because right now you can't lean on the run game. We've been in situations where we've been able to lean on the run game in the past. Right now we have not been able to do that. We got in a really good situation last week against UAB being able to throw the ball over the top a lot, and I hope that continues, but – you're going to go up against another defense that's pretty stout that's either going to stop one or both, and then you have to make something happen. When you get in these games where teams are taking the run away and you can't pass on them either, you have got to find a way. And it's that team that can find a way in a situation where there seems not to be a way anywhere. Those are the teams that win national championships, and Georgia has to be that team. Georgia has to be the team where if they can't run the ball and they're getting stopped, they've got to get the ball through the air. If they're getting stopped in the air, they've got to move the ball on the ground. One way or another, Georgia has to find a way offensively to be able to move the ball downfield to win a game. Because defensively, we can stop teams from doing that. Offensively, that is the question, and that is what we have to get figured out to be able to make sure we can hoist a trophy at the end of this season. Fully believe that it can happen. We need to get a little bit more healthy on offense Luckily, like I said, we've got a couple of weeks here where I think we can get guys healthy, get guys reps, and get guys ready to 
get into this heart of what will be the SEC slate starting off this weekend against South Carolina. All right, looking at some games around the country, one of the other things I was kind of excited to do, because there's some big ones, big games around the country. Double check and make sure I didn't have anything else here. Two of the big ones, biggest ones that I'm looking forward to anyways, uh, and that is that Alabama and Florida game. Alabama traveling down to Florida. That kicks at 3.30 on CBS. Alabama 14.5 point favorite coming into that one. I'm excited for two reasons. It's a big game. It's the rematch of the SEC championship game last year. But it's also Florida. It's also Alabama. If they could both lose, yeah, I think we're all kind of on that same boat if you're a Georgia fan. I do not think Florida can hang with Alabama. There have been a lot of experts that have said this, and there have been a lot of – I've seen a lot of other people say it, that they think it's going to be a tight game like last year. They think that this could be another shootout just like last year, late in the game when Florida started to mount a comeback. I don't know how you see that because Dan Mullen is going to put Emory Jones in and he can move the ball, but I do not think he will move the ball against Alabama's defense, who is better than they were last year. Their offense is just as good right now as it was last year. Florida defense is not as good as it was last year and Florida's offense cannot move the ball as efficiently as it did last year with Emory Jones at quarterback. You put in Anthony Richardson, I think he had an injury, maybe something with a hamstring last week. So I don't know how much you're going to see him in this game. I think he could be the difference maker in Florida winning that game over Alabama and keeping it close or keeping it close, maybe not in. But I think Emory Jones being the quarterback for Florida, I don't think they take this I don't think they get this game against Alabama. In fact, if Anthony Richardson is hurt enough that he cannot play in this game, I think Alabama will cover that 14-and-a-half point line over Florida in the swamp. I think that answer – I don't like giving credit to Florida in any situation, but that Anthony Richardson guy, he's good. Pretty neat nickname there too. Again, don't like giving praise to any kind of Florida situation, but AR-15, that's pretty neat. Pretty neat little deal there. But if he's quarterback – that being Anthony Richardson, Florida may be able to hang in this one. If he's not, if Emory Jones is, I've, I go ahead and take Alabama in that 14-and-a-half. Just my opinion. Other big game on the weekend, Auburn traveling over to Penn State for what's going to end up being a whiteout game. That's another big one. I'm, I'm excited for that one. That one coming at 7.30 right there after the Georgia kick. Penn State, only a five-point favorite coming in this one. 10th-ranked Penn State, 22nd-ranked Auburn, top 25 matchup that Florida and Alabama game is a top 11 matchup, Florida being on the 11 spot. So, big one there. Penn State, five-point favorite in this one, 53. Can Sean Clifford keep rolling? Can he keep – he's got to have more touchdown passes than he does. The other side is, can Bo Nix be consistent? I don't know 100% the answer to either of those questions. One thing I do know, Auburn's defense – in the past, has been good. Penn's, Penn State has already proved this year that their defense is really good. This could be a same situation, kind of like the Wisconsin game. They go to the half tied at zero. Don't think that's going to happen. I think this one could be like a ten to seven score going into the half. Low scoring affair. That fifty three. I don't know. I'd probably take the under on it. I could see this one being like a twenty four seventeen kind of final. That, again, that's just my opinion. Take it for what you will or won't. But that one should be a good game. Auburn may or may not go up there and stun them. It's going to take an, some offensive firepower from Bo Nix and Tank Bigsby uh, to be able to do that one just because it's in Penn State. If Penn State was coming down to Auburn at this same ranking, same team and everything, I'd give the edge to Auburn. I think that much of Jordan Hare that i give the edge to Auburn. Like I said, it's going to be a big one when Georgia has to travel to Jordan Hare on October 9th. See if I can pull out a couple of these other good games to look at over the weekend. Nebraska, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, huge favorites, but Oklahoma has been known to drop a game like this. 12 o'clock, Fox. Oklahoma's at home. Nebraska, not all that great. Spencer Rattler looked better last week. Cupcake game. But this is a game that Oklahoma has known to come in and struggle with. Adrian Martinez thrown for a heap load of yards in the first game, in first couple of games. Uh, there for Nebraska. So, 
Oklahoma should take care of business, but just maybe keep an eye on that one there at lunchtime. Cincinnati, Indiana, don't know why this line's four. I know it's in uh, Bloomington there in Indiana, but Cincinnati should be able to roll with this one. Take that four for sure there at lunchtime on ESPN. Virginia Tech, West Virginia, don't know how West Virginia is a three-point favorite into this one. They're a good team. What I saw out of Virginia Tech against North Carolina, though, I'm, I'm all in on Virginia Tech. Are they going to win a national championship this year? No. But I think that's a really good team. I think they take West Virginia. Uh, I would take Virginia Tech plus three in that one. Michigan State, Miami. Miami is not a good team. Miami is a six-point favorite. Michigan State coming in 2-0. and Miami 1-1. One one. Miami dropping all the way down to 24th after our struggle win last week. I don't think Miami is that good. I don't know if I'd put any money on it, but maybe take Michigan State plus six in this one. Might be one to look at. Purdue, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, not looking all that great either. I don't know how they're still ranked 12th. I'd have probably dropped them out of the top 15 at least. They are a seven-point favorite coming there at home. This is one I've said in the past, Purdue is a game that you can lose. They're a team that come in there sometimes and seems to upset some people. So, yeah, maybe, maybe not. Jack Cohn, I've always said it, or I've said it past couple of weeks. I do think he's the real deal, but that defense in Notre Dame is not good this year. Georgia Tech is about to get absolutely rolled by Clemson. Like I've said, since we played them, I hope they score 140 points for the rest of the season, and especially against Georgia Tech. I'll pull for you on that one. Tulsa and Ohio State, watch out, Tulsa. Or watch out, Ohio State. Arkansas is going to roll over Georgia Southern. Virginia, North Carolina, that could be a good one. North Carolina, an eight-point favorite. That one is at Chapel Hill. Should help. I think they'll get past them. Tulane, Ole Miss, I love this one. Ole Miss only a 14-point favorite against Tulane. I think that's only because they think, hey, Tulane may be something to something to deal with there after that Oklahoma game. Ole Miss is absolutely going to roll. Give me that minus 14 on Ole Miss in this one. Arizona State, BYU, that's a good one. Top 25 matchup, number 19 and 23. Arizona State, a four-point favorite there in Provo. Nah, give me BYU. I think they're going to do it. I know there's a lot of hype around Arizona State right now, but I'm, I'd take BYU in this one. Fresno State, UCLA. Fresno State, not a bad team. Watch out, UCLA. Mm, might be a sneaky one there. UCLA, they, I mean, they got the win over at LSU, but I don't know. LSU's also not all that great either. Fresno State's a pretty good team. So that's kind of the biggest games around the country. I did want to look back at uh, some, of the, some of the fun stuff from last week. I mean, I picked – let me just look. My preseason numbers that I looked at, my sheet preseason, I went 13-0 and last week. My sheet where I did my picks on my other show, I went 15-2. and And that was I took Arkansas getting the win over Texas. Let me just look. Yeah, Arkansas. I, yeah, I took that plus seven at the time and the win. Boom. Hello. There's two of them. Vanderbilt was the only thing I lost on because I took Colorado State minus seven and – beating Vandy and at one point you know we thought that was going to happen I took Pitt minus three over Tennessee that happened I don't know I need to go through and do my picks for this week because I still hadn't done them <clears throat> I did want to look though you guys I appreciate you guys reaching out on Twitter again at dog talk 20 because I had quite a quite a few people actually come through uh I, every week I put up predictions all right let's see you know what are we what are we thinking on this game and I had quite a few people like I said reach out and a lot of high scoring games a couple of people there at the end actually came through and and uh i think that may have actually been some south carolina trolls 45 to 6 from kale coggins 36 to 6 terry nelson had a clemson fan coming there dta at bow 1167 hope we beat south carolina so bad they throw in the towel 38 to 3 hey we'll take that yeah well i'm not even gonna read who this is from <laughs> People, Scott Green, how does anyone have USC scoring a touchdown, 37-6? See, I was the same way on that. Same way there, Scott. I, I just don't I don't see them scoring a touchdown. I can see them getting a field goal, maybe two, just off of maybe late game. Late game would let them get some yardage and at least get deep enough into the territory to be able to kick a field goal. Ronald, second week, he's they've come in with a nice little graphic here, 37-13, maybe. We'll see. So, had a good bit of reach out on that. Had a lot more than that, but I just can't scroll through all of it at the same time. Um, so that's always fun and exciting. Let's see. Make sure I'm 
not missing some of my other stuff right here. I do have some questions we're going to go through in a minute. I'm also going to go through the pole. I actually put the pole up a lot shorter than I, I didn't realize I did the pole quite as short as I did. Normally I do it up until game time, like an hour before game time. And I only did it for a day. I wasn't really paying a lot of attention to, uh, to some of that. Let's see. Questions. Questions and concerns. I wanted to start with uh, what I normally do, which is dog talk or dog bites. Hashtag dog bites. I put it up, but, you know. Heck, we can jump. We can we can jump straight into it, can't we? All right, jumping right into it. Hashtag dog bites. Usually every week I ask if you guys, you know, what do you what do you like? What's your favorite tailgate food? What's your favorite game day food? Anything like that? I, I kept it kind of simple. I said, what were you, what are you guys eating this Saturday? Not a lot of response this week. Having a little trouble getting some response out of some of these. Uh, Ashley Baker, at Ashley, at Ashy Baker. Uh, bacon wrap drumsticks. Whoa, ho, 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 ho. Talk to me. That sounds good. Baked mac and cheese. Not sure what else. Hey, you give me some bacon wrap drumsticks and I'm there. Golly. If that right there don't sound good, I don't know what does. Sounds like some good stuff there. Again, I appreciate you reaching out there. Ashley Baker uh, on Twitter. Some of the polls, let's run through them real quick. They're going to last pretty much through the end of tomorrow. Um, and some have actually gone back and forth, which has been kind of nice. Poll time, dogs rushing versus South Carolina more than 250 yards, less. So basically you could say over under 250 yards. Uh, consensus is leaning less than 250. I understand it. We hadn't got the ground game going so far, so why should we expect anything differently, right? Well, then this is the one that kind of went back and forth, and I was curious if, if – Anybody really believed in George would win this game because I put up, let's see about the passing yards, over or under 350. Now, maybe I put a higher number up there than I should have, but I believe that's attainable, especially after last week, the way we looked. So I put basically over or under 350, and at one point, this was under 350, was getting most of the votes, less than 350. So I was, we were looking at less than 250 yards on the ground, less than 350 yards through the air, and I'm thinking, okay, so we're only going to put up, I guess, 500 yards in this one total. And what, beat them 30 to 7, 30 to 10? That doesn't seem exciting. But that has since swapped. We got 58% for more than 350 yards, 42% uh, for less. So we came around on that. Leading rusher. Last week I know I did a poll of, hey, maybe we get one guy who comes in and he actually does this many yards. And I think on that I actually did, like, Kendall, I put him up for quite a few, and Zeus and, and James Cook, I did, did it like that. Instead, this time I decided to do uh, who's going to be the leading rusher. Zamir White, Kendall Milton, James Cook was surprised on this one. Uh, Zamir led for most of it. Kendall came back and actually took the lead in that for a little bit, but right now we are dead tied 45% on both of those guys. James Cook, 10%, way down on it. Leading receiver, not surprising on this one. Brock Bowers, Arian Smith, or Jermaine Burton. Uh, Brock Bowers, 59%, Jermaine, 35%, Arian, 6%. He has kind of uh, taken over on that. In the last poll that I put up of the week, will Georgia's rushing attack finally take off this week? Yes, finally, or not quite. We got 92% for yes, finally. And I hope you guys are just as right uh, and feeling the same exact way on it as I am because I really want to get that rushing attack going. Hope that we can get it up and going uh, and look forward to it actually getting up and going. Now let's kind of jump into some of the questions that we had uh, come in on Twitter as well. Let me see if I can get it pulled up real quick because I just had it just had it before I went through the polls. Yeah, I really only had a couple of questions in here, but I want to get to them. Uh, first one, Stephen Klinger, at Klinger Stephen, at Klinger underscore Stephen there on Twitter, excuse me. Uh, hey, appreciate you reaching out. I've noticed, you know, you like quite a good, a bit, quite a good bit of content. You also comment and subscribe and everything on uh youtube so i really appreciate you reaching out every week you just continue that uh i've actually got i tell you what this is for anybody on twitter if you guys follow me on twitter and listen to the podcast or on youtube either one you can either comment on youtube or what i really like you to do is on twitter send me this i'm gonna give you a code word you don't get anything special for it other than i just shout you out again next week but if you listen on podcast or on watch on youtube send me code word taco on twitter or comment it on youtube because i want to know just how many listeners follow on twitter and 
Yeah, just send me code word taco. Just want to see how many of you guys pay attention. Uh, anyways, to Steven's question here, we'll get back on track. As Georgia fans, uh, do we root for Alabama or Florida this weekend? Do we root for Alabama because we despise Florida, or do we root for Florida because if they win, they'll make Georgia versus Florida game that more, more, much more interesting? All right, my answer to it, pretty simple. If they could both lose, hey, I'd rather, rather both of them lose. But somebody's got to win the game in the end. And this is the way I lean to this. First of all, I never want Florida to win a game. I've said it in the past, and I, I don't believe this anymore, but I used to say that if Florida could lose, if Florida could win a game and it would put Georgia in the national championship, I may still want Florida to lose. I've since changed my tone on that because if Georgia can get to a national championship and win one, I'd be real grateful. But it's, it's real hard to pull for Florida. Another thing in this, it's real hard to pull for Alabama too just because, I mean, it's Alabama the team we've been trying to get over the hump for for years. And I think that's coming. So in this situation, if I don't know if it's necessarily pulled for either of them, but I kind of lean that Alabama way just because if Georgia can go undefeated this season, I want Alabama to go undefeated too. That way if we meet up, there's no excuses of, oh, well, we lost. Oh, oh, the, No, let's have two of the top dogs go against each other, see who's better. Because that's that's the way, if you're ever going to get an Alabama fan to be quiet enough about, all right, you finally beat us, it might as well be in a situation like that. Now, all it takes is one running back in that game to have a rolled ankle, and that's the only excuse they need for why they couldn't win that game if you do beat them. So just remember that. It's it's, it's hard to please those. But, again, like I said, if you could, you know, if they could both lose, it'd be awesome. But, one of them's got to win it. Might as well be Alabama. So that way, if we get to see them at the end of the season and we're undefeated, I want them to be undefeated too. So, uh, last question from Rodeo at Rodeo Dog Fan. Uh, with a dinged up quarterback room and constantly shuffling O line, how are we preparing for Kingsley and uh, the South Carolina pass, pass rush? I mean, we're really not. I think the preparation is exactly the same this week as it was last week, as it was the week before that against Clemson. You go back to that Clemson game, even against one of the what I think is going to be the second defense in the country, right behind Georgia's. JT, his jersey was clean for most of that game. He got touched a couple times. He got sat down a couple times. But for the most part, that offensive line held up against one of the top defenses in the country. South Carolina is not going to pose that same threat. They're going to try to push through for sure, but it's not going to be anything like it was against Clemson. Our O-line, yes, we've got questions. We've got things we've got to work on, especially most of that being the run game. But for the most part, they've done a really good job about protecting the quarterback. One good thing last week, having Stetson Bennett in there, he was very, good about, very, very good about rolling out of the pocket and being able to still hit guys on the run or get a little loose. I think he had the longest run of the night for 20 yards against UAB last week. So, don't think it's necessarily a situation of what are we doing to prepare as much as it's just continuing to try to progress on that offensive line because having those guys out, having those injuries, having to shuffle those guys around, it, it, it is a difficult thing, especially in that center position there for Warren Erickson having to slide over because you get so used to that being your play caller, your, your main guy there on the line to you move over, hand those rolls over to somebody else. Now you have to figure something else out as well. Uh, I know th some things can get confusing in that. There, there very well may come situations in this game where Kingsley gets through, and some of that I'm going to credit to him, but most of that I'm probably going to credit to just the O-line still having to figure things out. You know, We're only a week into that because first drive of the game against Clemson, you know, you've got Tate Rattledge still in there. You still – nothing is really changing in that as far as that aspect of things goes. So I wasn't necessarily worried about it in that game, but I still wouldn't worry about it too much in this game either because I think that offensive line has progressed enough. They're continuing to get those reps, continuing to work, to just continuing to get better overall. And through two games, they've looked really good. Looked really good, and I, continue, I think that's going to continue. Uh, so I don't think there's any – special preparation for this game as much as it's just repetition getting these guys better getting these guys in a position to be successful uh, and i think that's where we're going to be when we play uh south carolina this saturday so i'm looking forward to that 
Uh, that is for the most part. Let me just double check, make sure nothing else pops up. Uh, also on there, Mitt Layton at Layton Mitt on uh, Twitter actually responded to that question there, Rodeo. If Clemson only had one sack, not too worried about USC. I can agree with that uh, for sure there, Mitt. So, again, appreciate you guys reaching out on Twitter like you guys do. Again, follow me on Twitter at DogTalk20. That's pretty much going to wrap this episode up. I know I am looking forward to the dogs taking South Carolina down on Saturday, 7 o'clock. Always love a night game. That's always the best time to play ball, and that's what time we're playing ball. So, you guys, again, Twitter. I know I say it 100 times. At DogTalk20 on Twitter, you guys follow me there. Visit the website, dogtalkpod.com, and I will check in with you guys after the game against South Carolina where we continue the winning streak, making it 3-0. Go Dogs.